Welcome to Psychology Has It Backwards. This series will question the assumption that people are psychologically broken and need to be fixed. We will talk about how seeing people as innately healthy will change all of your interactions and outcomes. This is a true paradigm shift, and it simplifies the entire process of dealing with mental distress and allows for more profound and immediate changes. Aloha, and welcome to Psychology Has It Backwards. I'm Christine Heath, and I'm here with Judy Sedgman, and I'm in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And this is our third episode talking about how the past tricks us, how the past has been tricking psychology, and how the past works. So today we just thought we'd talk a little bit about um, the importance of the past, A, to get through your daily life, because if you've ever known anybody that had Alzheimer's, you can clearly see that the past is a great gift, that memory. <laughs> A great gift, and if you don't, if it doesn't work very well, you are totally screwed in many ways. Um, and that's um, it's interesting because my mother had Alzheimer's, right? And as she um, uh, aged, um, it would get worse. But she had it for a long time. For a person with Alzheimer's, she had it like well, maybe sixteen years, and uh, it was uh, it was very interesting because. Although she really had a hard time processing information, she would have moments of clarity where she was not affected by the fact that she couldn't remember the past. And she would say things that were really amazing, that were really um, uh, wise. Like we had this... um, birthday party for her. It was Mother's Day it was, and we she had like Dairy Queen ice cream cake. So we got her this Dairy Queen ice, ice cream cake. And we had all the people from the nursing home come in and get a piece, and they would all talk about how wonderful she was and how she made them laugh and how, how uh, sweet she was and how nice she was. And so my sister said to my mother, she says, Mother, you're so lucky. Everybody thinks you're so special. And my mother puts down her fork and looks at her. She goes, special. I'm not special. Unique, maybe, but not special. (laughs) And I was like, and then you could see her try to think, like go into memory, and then boom, she'd be gone again. It was very interesting, right? So you you start to realize that we're more than memory, you know, and that's kind of the thing that I think when, when you've gone through a tough past or a tough time in your life, that you're more than than memory, that you're not a victim of blah, blah, blah forever. You're a person now who maybe went through something, like I was a victim of assault at one time, but I'm not an assault victim in my mind, right? That's just something that happened to me because I don't carry that much. I mean, once in a while I get a visitation, but you know, it's, it, 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 it's not something I even think about until I'm doing something like this, right? And so, we are more than that. And that's what we want you to see is that the past and thought is a beautiful gift. It gets us through the day, tells you how to, you know, get home. You remember how to spell your name. You can remember (laughs) how to chew. Like I remember my mother would forget how to swallow. I mean, just basic things that we don't even realize are part of memory. So we we want, don't want to give you the impression that we think that memory is a like all bad. 
Mm-hmm. And um, but it, it it is a tricky thing because we, when we don't understand how thought works, we get caught up in our thinking, and that becomes who we are. So it creates our our personality. It creates our likes and our de- our, our wants and desires. Our you know our preferences. All of that is just thoughts that we create out of memory. We do something, we do it well, and suddenly it becomes our sport, right? You know, like, uh, it, it's like we, we do what, um, what our family does. We do what we see around us, but we're open to do anything beyond that. So frequently when I'm working with people, they'll, they'll tell me why they can't change because I don't like to do that. I don't want to do that. And they have lots of thoughts from their memories about what to do. So my grandson, when he was, he, he now just got engaged this last weekend, Kaylee, wow. and um, he is so happy about that. But when he was a little boy, he was pretty, he'd get pretty anxious. And I, I made this big spread for Thanksgiving all the time. And, and I made fresh green beans. And he went through it, and I'm watching him, and he doesn't take any green beans. And I said, Kaylee, aren't you going to take some green beans? He goes, oh, no, Grandma, I don't like green beans. I said, have you ever had them? He goes, no. I said, oh, so you're just making that up? He goes, yeah. I said, well, just try one and see if you like it. You, can, you don't have to eat it anymore, but you might just find out something that you, something new that you actually like. And that's kind of what we all do. We make up stuff about what we like, what we don't like, what we'll try, what we won't try. You know, and yeah, it, yeah. Um, it just, uh, that all comes from memory. Mm-hmm. It's interesting, too, that you can get trapped in memories, good memories, and they hold you back in life. And I remember when I was working at the center that I mentioned, uh, a couple came in uh, at one point. And uh, the, the wife was really the client, but her husband drove her there and waited outside of the, in the waiting room for her. So I ended up talking to him too. So she tells me, um, well, uh, I've been married for five years to this guy he just met out in the lobby. And he's, he's good. He's, he's a nice, he's a really nice man. But, you know, I lost the love of my life and I, I just, I can't stop comparing them. And she had she had fallen madly in love with this young person while she was in college, and then he had uh, volunteered to be in the army and ended up getting killed in Afghanistan. And um, you know, so she'd only known him, you know, been close to him for maybe two or three years, but they had this passionate, incredible, youthful, lusty experience of, you know, your first love, and uh, she couldn't get it off her mind. And I said, well, you know, how did you meet your current husband? She said, well, I met him um, at a friend's house. The friend just set up a dinner party and she kind of tried to get us together. And, and I said, did you like him? And she said, yeah, he's very nice. But she, you could tell she had this kind of like, he's a good guy and marriage is fine. But, you know, this other guy, man, oh. And I said, does it bother your husband that you're so uh, wrapped up in your memories of your first love? And she said, uh, I don't know that he realizes how much I think about it, except when we're having sex. And I said, well, that's kind of an important time. I mean, I don't want to be rude here, but. 
And she said, you know, he's, uh, it just, it, uh, I mean, nothing is ever going to compare. She's good. And then goes on. I said, I don't need to know too much about this. But <laughs> that she had some real deal going with this guy, that poor, poor person who died. And I said, well, have you ever really tried to just kind of get in the moment with your husband now and see what happens if you weren't thinking about the other person? She said, I can't help but think about it because I miss him so much. And I started really feeling sorry for her husband. You know, I'm, sitting there, I'm trying to get that off my mind. And finally, she said, maybe you could talk to him. You know, and I, I said, okay, I'll, let, let me talk to him for a minute. So she went and sat in the living room and the man came in. And I said, so, um, so how's, how's your life going? And he said, well, I, I'm not sure what my wife came to talk to you about because she I, it's obvious to me that she's dissatisfied and I don't know what to do to please her. He said, I just love her. He, he said, the minute I saw her, I just fell madly in love with her. And I, I just, I can't believe that I just can't seem to live up to her expectations. And he said, I'm very sorry that, you know, she lost the person that she thought she was going to spend her life with, but he's dead and I'm here. <laughs> you know? And I can't get her attention. He said, I just can't get her attention. And I said, well, when does that trouble you the most? And he said, well, when we're, when we're, you know, in bed together, she's just not really paying attention. And he said, you know, I, I mean, I just can't please her. I just don't know what to do because she won't talk to me. She just, you know, gets through the motions and that's it. And I said, you know, I'm not a sex therapist, but I can tell you that the problem is that she's living in the past and you're trying to drag her into the present. <laughs> and, um, and it would work out fine if we could work on that. And so he said, well, how do you do that? I mean, it's so important to her. She can't stop thinking about him. And I, I mean, I don't want to be ugly because she did love him. And he, poor guy, he died. I mean, he was in the service. He was serving his country. And he was such a nice man, this husband. So I said, sent him back out to the living room. And I brought her in. And I said, do you have any idea about the present? I said, you've talked to me a lot about the past. Do you know what the present is? And she said, well, not really. I, I mean, I guess it's like now we're sitting here. And I said, well, it's more, it's deeper than that. It's way deeper than that. The present is all you really have. It's like, if you want to really fully experience your life, you got to do it now and now and now, one tiny step at a time, one moment at a time. And when the past walks into the door and says, excuse me, don't pay attention to the present, pay, pay attention to me. I said, that's just your memory haunting you and you know, like a ghost walking through your bedroom. And she said, well, I know, but I mean, I love this guy so much. And I said, yes, but he's dead. And he can never make you happy again. And you can enjoy your happy memories and make new memories with your current husband who would love to make you happy. And, um, and she's like, well, I don't know. I'd have to think about that. So we talked quite a bit. And, you know, about three weeks later, she came back in um, and she said, you know, that stuff you told me about the present. And then I'd also given her, I think, something, a, a chapter from The Missing Link that I had printed out that talked about the present and now, the now, living in the now. Living in the now. And she said, um, something happened to my husband. I'm beginning to think he might be taken Viagra or something. <laughs> She said, because he's been so 
uh, good. <laughs> I said, I don't need to know anymore. <laughs> and I thought, this is how you can spoil your current life when you have everything going for you and you can't see it because something that's gone, it's in the past, no matter how beautiful it is, you can't get it back. And, um, and we do that and it's so innocent. It's so innocent. And sometimes for things like lost love or, di- or children who have died and so on, it feels like the right thing to do for people. But all you do is you take, you take your present energy and beauty and strength and resilience away from the people that are here in the now. And your experience, because the, the one that you're reliving is never as good as when you're first creating it. Right? right. So you never get that feeling back that way. Right. right? That's true. But a lot That's of times true. people like live in the past all the time. Mm-hmm. It's on their mind all the time. And a lot of times it's on their mind and they're not even aware of it. Right. And, and it colors how they see their mm-hmm. life. So their life continually looks like it's depressing or scary mm-hmm. or, you know, inadequate. Inadequate. Yeah. They're, and they lack. They like that sense of being content with life. And that's kind of one of the things that, that the past does is it keeps us from contentment. Mm-hmm. You know, as, as um, we're the 3PGC, the Three Principles Global Community, is going to do a, um, I don't know how many parts, but like 18-week um, yeah. uh, discussion of Sydney Banks's books. And so... What I'm doing is I'm doing Second Chance. Um, and so I, I decided to reread it or read it for the umpteenth time. And Sid talks about the past very clearly in the first mm-hmm. few chapters because he can see that the man that comes to Hawaii, Jonathan, um, or Richard, is mm-hmm. uh, suffering from his thoughts of the past, that his life has come to an end and his uh, his mm-hmm. wife died, and 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 he's really clinging on to a time in his life when things were better, and as a result of that, he's suffering now. So mm-hmm. if you're, I would strongly advise actually going to this class that we're offering. Um, mm-hmm. and, but if you've got the book, just reread those first three chapters because it really talks about in a very simple way how the past creates our beliefs about ourselves and other people. It, like in this case, when you were talking, the woman had a belief that this current husband could never do it for her because of what the other guy did, right? But that was just a thought because the other guy didn't come back. She didn't get a new husband. But what happened is she changed. And when she changed, suddenly her whole reality changed. That was, that was one of the things that I, I saw so clearly in there is how people's reality is created by whatever memories they're hanging on to. And then it, it becomes like a self-fulfilling prophecy. So if you, like for me, when my, my mother used to introduce me as her mistake, oh, this is my mistake. And I thought, oh, I'm a mistake. Well, it seemed to me that what I carried through time was my mother telling me I was a mistake. But the thing that got me was when I thought I was a mistake. And then that thought became the filter that I looked through everything on, 
You know, it's like I wasn't smart enough. I wasn't pretty enough. I was too fat. I was, um, nobody liked me. I had all kinds of uh, ways that that would play out in my life, right? And so that's that's an example of how that uh, the negative past gets on our, our eyeballs. But even, as you said, the positive past can get on our eyeballs. And then it becomes like a, like a, um, a barrier to new experiences. Because mm-hmm. although the past was wonderful, wonderful things happened, that happened already. And if you're present, you get new ones, right? You get new ones that are alive with that feeling that you're yeah. trying to recreate. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny. I, I, my mother had uh, dementia, and she was pretty young because she died when she was 68, and this started when she was about 62. And she, uh, she, I mean, she just changed into a totally different person. And I, at first it was really hard for me because I was in college at the time and I was, you know, I was young and I, I had this idea of my mother. My mother was like, she was somebody I really kind of, I, in one hand I felt sorry for, another hand I looked up to her because she'd had kind of a difficult life, but she was such a wonderful mother and wife and, you know, she was just so loving and she was, you know, just a wonderful person. And all of a sudden she just disappeared. That person disappeared. And it wasn't that she turned into a bad person, but she had delusions and she thought people were tracking her and somebody wanted to kill her and, and she wouldn't eat because she was afraid the food was poisoned. And it was just very difficult to be around her. And she was, you know, she really didn't know what was going on. And, um, I remember my dad saying something to me when I think about it now. I, it was so much more meaningful than I realized it was. Because I asked my dad who was taking care of her, and, and he wasn't even quite retired yet, but he was managing. And I asked my dad, I said, how, how do you do this day after day like this? And he said, well, there's two things. One is I, I remember why I married her. I always know why I loved her. And two she's still the same person. She just has different ideas. And I, I, and at the time it sticks in my mind, it just came back to me again. You know, I'd, every once in a while I remember that conversation because I didn't know what the hell he meant. <laughs> you know, I thought, and, and yeah, that was very wise because what kept him going was that he was taking care of the woman that he loved and she was manifesting different behaviors, but in deep down, she was still the woman that he loved. Yeah. And yeah. that's a case where the past helped him, you yes. know, that he could he could hang on to that. But he also was very realistic about what was possible in the present. He was very present. You had to be, take care mm-hmm. of somebody with dementia, you got to be on it. You know, you can't got to watch constantly. Right. And uh, so he was very present with her, but yet he never lost, you know, his memory of the woman that he fell in love with and that he still loved. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the past is tricky. I mean, it's it's wonderful if you if you know what it is. It's wonderful if you know that memory is useful sometimes and memory is necessary sometimes. Like, how do you do math without memory? But also memory uh, can hold us back. And when we notice that, you know, we can set ourselves free. Yeah. And it doesn't mean we have to, you know, forget about the thing that made us happy before. It just means we have to be appreciative of the happiness we had in the past and grateful for the life we have now. Yeah. And, you know, it's like I always tell people that when you've had a really traumatic 
past for whatever reason. If you keep thinking about it, trying to make sense of it so that you can feel better, you won't come to the end of it. But if you really come into the moment and really start to see how thought works in the moment and and you get into a beautiful feeling, you'll get a different past. And that's... (laughs) the beauty of it is that when you're in a better state of mind like when I grew up I hated my mother we fought constantly because I was always mad at her for telling me that she didn't want me basically that's what I heard her say and I would kind of punish her by hating her because I thought you know she doesn't love me she doesn't want me so I'm just going to hate her back and I went into therapy and started analyzing all this, right? And then I'm like, oh, no wonder I'm such a mess, blah, blah, blah. I had a crazy mother, blah, blah, blah. Then I started learning the principles, and all of a sudden I was like, like at first I couldn't, I couldn't think about it at all because over the years of traditional therapy, I was so conditioned to think that it was her fault, anybody's fault, that I was unhappy. Mm-hmm. And so as I stayed in the present and I really saw how it worked more, all of a sudden I remember thinking one, one day like, oh my God, I had an idyllic childhood and I didn't know it. Yeah. Right? Because I couldn't see it. I couldn't see it yeah. because of my own thoughts based mm-hmm. on that memory that I had when I was young. You see, it's all interesting. Mm-hmm. But then when I got in a healthier place, I could, I got literally got a different past. My mother told me after I learned this, she said, I'm so grateful to have my daughter back. And, you know, like there's, there was just such a beautiful thing that happened and you can then recover from anything that's happened to you. And don't let anybody tell you you can't, because that's just not true. Whether you've gone through um, doing something to somebody else or having something done to you, it's like you're not stuck with your past in terms of how that affects you unless you think it does but if you can see that now that's just thought and what you are is this beautiful spiritual being that is has these memories to use so that we can kind of function in this reality then you're free to create any kind of reality you want from that beautiful feeling and not from your past otherwise you just do a self-fulfilling prophecy you think this is true and that's what you see and then you react and create it again and you're just caught in, this, in a loop mm-hmm. so stepping back to see like okay that's just thought that's my memory that's the past it's it's just thought it's not real you're not stuck with it you're not stuck with yourself you're not stuck with your trauma you're not stuck with anything you can live a beautiful life well on that note that was lovely. It really touched me, Chris, what you said. That's beautiful. So I hope I hope that you all have a lovely week, and uh, we'll see you with the next episode, whatever it might be. Yeah, and check Thanks out 3pgc.org and sign up for that um, uh, that that course if you if you're touched by this because I think you'll see something really great, and we're all going to be sharing our memories of what life was like back in the day before there were any books, before there were any tapes that and we had right. cassette tapes. Yeah. But that was it. Yeah. So you might hear some really, really great stories that will uh, hope bring, help to bring everything to more to life for you. Yeah. So thank you. Take yep. care. Okay. Aloha. 
We hope you heard something new and that you will continue to join us to challenge the prevailing thinking about the possibilities for health in everyone. To subscribe to the podcast, visit our website at psychologyhasitbackwards.com. 